R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-e-a, audio. 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 Re-e-a, Season two. Season two. Season two. Does it creep you out knowing that people are watching you? Studyfinds.com says that the average American is recorded by security cameras 238 times a week. And if you're on social media, everything you post is available to anyone who wants to secretly stalk you. Now, those examples are just through technology. What's going on in your daily routine? Human eyes watch you at work, at the store, at home. Geesh, I'm freaking myself out a little now. Sales consultant Larry Levine posted an article on LinkedIn about first impressions. Yes, I follow and watch him too. And he talks about how important it is that we're aware of the people watching us, understanding that we're always making first impressions. How are you acting when people are watching you and you don't think they are? Point is, you may not be aware of the influence you have on others. A look, a smile, a kind word, holding the door for someone. These small gestures have impact, and we have the opportunity to make that impact each day. Luis Amano is fully aware of the impact he makes each day, and I'm pretty sure you'll realize why and how in his story. He's a great example of how a hero is taking their exceptionality and changing the lives of others. Louis Amaro, thank you so much for being with us on uh, REA Audio. I appreciate it as we're rolling out kind of our new format of telling personal stories and stories of success and, and, and positive things that are happening. Um, your story just like totally bubbled to the top for me uh, when it was shared with me by uh, by Natalie, one of our account executives here who introduced us uh, a short time ago. And you're with an organization called Rehab Without Walls. So I think the best way to start this is to, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of explain what Rehab Without Walls is and, and what makes it different. Absolutely. So uh, thank you, Todd, uh, for the introduction. So, so yes, Louis Amaro, Rehab Without Walls. I'm the community relations manager for Rehab Without Walls. So Rehab Without Walls is just that, right? Um, you know, just doing rehab in a real life setting. So we provide, so we're owned by Bright Spring Health. And then Bright Spring is one of the biggest home health companies in the country. Okay. And then Rehab Without Walls is just a a small entity of, uh, of uh, Bright Spring Health. So we provide home and community customized intensive therapeutic services. That's PT, OT, speech, and clinical social work. Okay. That's what we provide now. So every individual is different, right? So we, we, we're more for, we're, I'm sorry, we're more focused on the traumatic brain injuries and the strokes, so neural conditions. However, we also do polytrauma and catastrophic care cases. Okay. And, and you got involved with Rehab Without Walls in, in kind of a roundabout way. Um, why don't you tell your personal story, if we can get into that right now, because I think that really, really makes a big difference uh, in helping to kind of position what you're doing now. Uh, okay, yeah, perfect. So my uh, I became a paraplegic in May 26 of 99. So I was coming home and just on the regular night of jogging and I run into some some noise and some some, you know, rather just just back and forth. And then I realized, you know, somebody's in trouble here. You know, I hear somebody, you know, is just in desperate need of some help. So as I get closer and closer, I, I hear my sister's voice. 
when I hear my sister's voice, I see two gentlemen. It's a getaway driver, and then there's one gentleman trying to stick her in the car. As I approach him, tap him on the back, ask him what's going on, he tells me, you know, we're, we're going to rape this woman. You know, this is part of our gang initiation. <laughs> so uh, right away, you know, my first instinct was get your sister loose. I was able to fight, you know, the gentleman off. Get her loose. She ran inside the house. I told her, close the door, leave it alone. I'll get back to you when everything's done. Um, soon as she went in inside the house, you know, she heard the gun. She heard the uh, the gun, uh, you know, the noise go off of, mm -hmm. from the gun. And and sure enough, I was actually shot at six times, but hit twice. Mm -hmm. First one was hit in the kneecap. That kind of slowed me down a little bit, but, you know, the adrenaline was going, so mm -hmm. there was no stopping me. I kept running, and as soon as I went to jump behind a, behind a vehicle for cover, I was hit in my spinal cord mm -hmm. by, a, by a bullet. So about T10, so it's about my belly button came straight through the back, still lodged inside. And and here I am, uh, 23 years later, uh, yeah, living as a paraplegic. So 23 years. And, you know, we we talked a little bit before we, we did this interview about, you know, some of the things that uh, have changed in your life and, and some of the mental types of things that have gone about in, in helping people rehabilitate from injuries like that. Um, and, and I hate to ask this question because I, anytime somebody on the news asks like a stupid question, I'm like, that is a stupid question. Why would you ever ask that? So forgive me if it comes across that way, but um, having an opportunity to talk with someone who's done something as heroic as, as what you did, um, your life changed in an instant, right? Like you got up that morning and you had no idea that you would go to bed that night, your life completely different. Um, how important is you is it for you today to live your life on a on a day-to-day -day basis on a, on a mentally being able to know that life can change like that it, it's got to be so impactful for you it sure is it sure was actually so 23 years ago i thought you know here here i am 21 years old you know my son 1 years old i'm like oh wow How, you know is this the way it's going to end i mean what i've done nothing wrong I've, I've done everything right. I, I've, mm -hmm. I just tried to defend my sister from two monsters. And, and here I am physically, uh, like we mentioned before, mentally, you definitely had to, I definitely had to be ready for the life. I was, uh, I was given, you know, the, the hand, you know, the, uh, the, the hand I was dealt, but mm -hmm. uh, physically as well. And emotionally, absolutely all three. Uh, but I think most, part for me was the mental part of it made me absolutely a stronger individual after I went through through it all uh, you know going through those going through those doors in in, in in rider trauma was not a was not a pretty sight it was so yeah. cold going in those doors super cold I mean you could feel it was just something wrong and you know, I, I can say that you know thank God that I was giving a good good head on on my shoulders to right. make it through adversity and, and try to get over and just, you know, just deal with life. I mean, you have to deal. After you got over the initial shock um, and, and started to settle in to your life, what, what were your plans? What, what did you want to do moving forward after you realized that you were a paraplegic? So when I was paralyzed, I, I, I was given a, uh, 
at Jackson Memorial where I did my therapy, I was given a peer mentor, believe it or not. And this mentor, you know, Robert Hawa, I always shout him out and he hates it. But I always say, yeah, he does. But, um, you know, he has to understand that what he did, the words he the words he he he, he let out that day and, and the way he, he he presented it to me, it changed my life forever. Yeah. And he has to know that. Like, he is one of the reasons why I went ahead and wanted to move on. I mean, apart from my family as well, but, you know, as a mentor, you know, somebody who's been through it two years prior to you mm-hmm. and moved on so much is driving and is doing working. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, I can do all these things. Right. And then that kind of like opened my eyes even more. So I, I think I thank God for Robert and, you know, and the, and the mentorship program over at Jackson Memorial Hospital. Do you uh, recall... I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you recall any specifics? Like what it was, it what he said, was it how he said it? How, how did he approach you that gave you that hope? He approached me the way I approach everyone else when I mentor. And I use this, this phrase a lot. It's going to get harder before it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Honesty. It, right. Oh, so he was honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Super honest. He's like, Hey, listen, everything you're going through, it's going to get harder before it gets easier. So start mm-hmm. getting used to it from now. Right. And uh, just face it and, and uh, you know, just positive mind always, positive thoughts. And my, my life's always open, he told me. And, and that's, that's how it's been ever since. We're still friends. Would you consider yourself, prior to what happened to you, did you consider yourself a positive person? You come across as a very positive person. And I don't know if it's because of what happened um, or if it's been a conversion of yours or if some people are just born that way. How, how, how would you see that with yourself? I was definitely born the way I was. I mean, I was born to be a leader and, and I always believed in that. And coming from a military family, like I explained to you as well, I mean, my dad and my grandparents were very, very, very strict. So, yeah. yes, it, 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 it helped. It helped that yeah. I, that, you know, that I had that, that, that positive mindset already. Right. So that so that was 23 years ago. Obviously, there's a lot that happened between then and now. Right now, you are with um, Rehab Without Walls, and uh, it, it seems like a great fit for you because you you just you light up when you talk about it. Um, yes. Because especially the fact of of how you're able to mentor people. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Rehab Without Walls. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a again I'm a community relations manager. So my my job is basically sales and marketing. So I joined, you know, I joined the conferences, I joined the different walks in the community, community partnerships is what we do uh, most of. Uh, we provide services in Miami-Dade and Monroe County for the moment, but our plans are to move up to Broward County and Palm Beach. So I, I'm so excited about it because we, nobody provides these these amazing services here in South Florida. They did when they were owned by Gentiva 15 years ago. I don't know what happened, but we decided to do a market analysis and we found out that in Florida, South Florida, there's 10% more TBIs, believe it or not, than any other state. So we were like, it's yeah, it's perfect. Let's open up home and community. So home and community is just that, home and community. We'll go to your, your job, your school. We'll go into the supermarket. We'll go into the bank. I mean, wherever you want to do real life therapy, that's where our clinicians will take you. So walk walk us through that. What is real life therapy? I understand that you'll do you know almost like a like a doctor on call or or like house calls used to be right. Like the doctor would come to your house while you were in bed or sick or something. But um, what does real life therapy look like? Okay, a perfect example. We have a gentleman that loved fishing before his injury. 
spinal cord injury, recent, maybe like three, four months. And he told his therapist, his physical therapist that works with us, he said, hey, I really would love to get back to fishing. So me as a community relations manager, I made partnership with a company called Open Sea Access, Access Open Sea. And what they do is it's, it's an adaptive charter, right? So right. I was like, oh, okay, this will be perfect. So let's let's be a part of this. Let's drive up to Riviera Beach. We'll get on this amazing catamaran and we'll go on a fishing trip. So his therapeutic, his PT, part of his PT service was fishing we took yeah. him fishing he caught fishes that day his wife caught fishes i mean the smile on the guy's face was from here to here and that to me was the most rewarding part of my of my day believe yeah. it or not. no that's I, real, I believe that's it. real life that's real life therapy believe it or not. One, one of the things we've been trying to pivot away from is looking at people as a number on a spreadsheet or you know a claim number or even referring to injured workers as claimants right they're human beings and by being able to integrate that that life therapy, that understanding what it is that that makes them tick, can get injured workers, at least from our perspective, back to work so much quicker um, than than if you're just looking at them as another person on a list. And and this is the process that we have to go through, right? If you individualize it, which obviously that's what you all do. It, it have you been able to compare? Um, processes with what you do compared to other organizations um, and and seeing a difference? Yes, the outcomes are amazing. So why do these insurance companies love us? Why do they keep you know referring to rehab without walls is is that reason alone the outcomes right how quick we get injured individuals uh not only back to work but you know just reintegrating back into the community back with their families the important thing making them the breadwinners again if possible mm -hmm. right if mm -hmm. it's not possible then we'll find something for them to do how do like what frustrates you the most like is it is it with work is it with the the fact that you i mean i don't want to say the fact that you're in a wheelchair but do, it, what is it the thing that that if if you could say to anybody like would you just change the way you do that that would make me happy you know healthcare would be nice to change for for you know it'll be nice to get individuals more there you know more rehabilitation time okay um, like you said, right? Let's stop talking about these individuals like they're numbers. They're human beings. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they have they have lives that they want to get back to. Um, they, they they you know traumatic brain injuries. Um, they call them the, the the invisibly wounded, right? And so that's 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 the whole thing. We are providing a service that nobody is providing here, and that's why I love our outcomes and I love what, what we do here in South Florida for these mm -hmm. individuals. Is there anything, um, you know, within what you're doing right now that like has, has struck you as kind of funny? Do you have any funny stories you could share? Uh, that has to do related with Rehab Without Walls? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a funny story is that I've been running into, I've been actually running into uh, therapists and kind of like rehab managers that actually worked with Rehab Without Walls 15 years ago. Okay. Or, or over 15 years ago and said that that was the best job that I ever had, Lewis. It, it was awesome. There is no burnout, you know, there is no caregiver burnout going to Chuck E. Cheese and going to the mall. And so, so I thought it was real funny and just, you know, and, and then she was like, oh, and don't get me wrong. If, if I didn't have this great position I have, I would have definitely been on board with yeah. you guys again down here in South Florida. So I thought it was real cool to hear yeah. 
from a clinician's point of view and and just see how she enjoyed the job so much and that just makes that just makes it even more more just more of 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 a of a, of an honor for me to to be able to to, to go out there and market and provide these services. Yeah. Now you work one-on-one with people in, in the organization and with the program, right? You work with individuals. You mentioned the gentleman that you took on the fishing trip, right? So you're, you're, you're acting as a mentor for, for some of those folks. Have you ever learned anything from them? Uh, e- even having your 23 years of experience in, in your situation, what have you learned from, from other people that you're working with? That's a great question. You know what I've heard that everybody has a different battle that you have to respect and you have to, you know, be have empathy for. You have to. I've learned to listen to individuals more uh, before speaking, learning their background, their history, their story, their heroic story. Right? Everybody has a heroic story, and 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 in our situation sometimes. So I've learned that each each individual is unique. And I don't like to say we have disabilities. I like to say we have different exceptionalities, right? Because right. everybody brings something exceptional to the table. So yeah. uh, I've gotten to meet some great individuals and mentored some awesome individuals. And that also has helped me grow as an individual, just learning from them and hearing their their war stories yeah. and, and kind of like what they go through on a day-to-day basis. And then I'm, I'm kind of like, why am I complaining, right? There's people that have it worse than I. Why am I even complaining? Why, why don't I just suck it up? And, and help someone else uh, that's kind of going through what you're going through and, and, and kind of and, and get involved with mentorship. So I'm a, I'm a certified peer mentor as well. I'm also the vice president for the Spinal Cord Injury Support Group that's ran out of Lynn Rehabilitation Center. And I'm the president for the Spanish chapter out okay. of the same rehabilitation center. So I, I stay active, very active, yeah. adaptive yeah. sports, we have people in all walks of life in all kinds of different jobs and careers that listen to this podcast. It's mainly in the workers' compensation world. Um, and, and as I mentioned, we're really trying to get people to pivot away from looking at people as numbers and more as human beings. But it's very difficult to do that every single day, right? I mean, I'm sure you get up in the morning sometimes and you're like, oh, I can't believe I got to do this today, right? So how do you get yourself mentally prepared mentally focused or in the right frame of mind to keep that positive attitude that you have i always prepare right you prepare for the next day so the night before i'm preparing and who am i going to contact tomorrow what is the reason for me contacting them what am i going to deliver to them when i do get in contact with them right what positive message am i trying to get across to them just i just focus from the day before and I plan for the day in the, the next day and even the week I plan for yeah. the week even or not so that's how I get up and and just and, and again like you said it's so rewarding to me the services that we provide and just to see the outcomes that you know I I rarely have one of those days yeah I really yeah I rarely have them so you found something that you truly believe in and you truly love. I've heard that so many times, right? If you if you find something that you truly love, then it's not like you're working a day in your life, right? It's not work. It really yeah. is passion. It's, it's yeah. something you love to do. And that's what I love to do is helping others. For sure. So, uh, Lewis, how can people get involved in either Rehab Without Walls, if they so choose, or any of the other organizations that you're involved in? Say somebody has a relative or a friend that may be going through something similar to you. So you can get involved with Rehab Without Walls by speaking, one, speaking to your clinicians. Uh, when you get, once you are doing, you know, doing your outpatient or inpatient therapeutic services, you can always say, hey, I, I, I heard about Rehab Without Walls. They do home and community. I would love to 
continue, you know, continuum of care. I would love to continue my, my care and my therapeutic services at home and in real life situations with my family, with my loved ones in my community. And it's, that's, that's pretty much it. And then you give me a call or you go to rehabwithoutwalls.com and then you have all our information of all the states that are actually active and, and providing these services. Uh, Lewis, thank you so much. Uh, it's really been a pleasure to talk to you, not only before we did the podcast and, and now as well. Um, you're really inspirational, and, and I know you're making a big difference in a lot of people's lives, and it's a super pleasure to, to know you. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for, for having me on your podcast, and, and it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. Find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and for show suggestions. Also, follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. Have a great rest of your week. Today.